Welcome to the Penguin Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Tate. We have a great show for you this week. The main event is a man who has a phenomenal Penguin Live lecture on the way. It's Derek Ostavani. Last year, he was nominated for the P3 Download of the Year with Random Odds, and he's one of the first magicians back in the trenches in Southern California. And we're going to talk about what it's like for close-up workers getting back to work after 14 months inside. Nick Lacapo joins me to discuss the featured Download of the Week from Josh Birch. Before all that, we start off with one of our quick-fire segments where one of your favorite magicians tells us their top five tricks in under five minutes. This week, I'm joined by David Bonfadini, better known to millions of followers on TikTok as the Magic Crasher. Magic Crasher, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast for the top five under five. You are a big time social media uh, person, human being, and I don't think I know anyone with as many uh, followers and and viewers as you. So I I thought I'd want to talk to you about your top five magic tricks in under five minutes for social media. Hit me with number five. All right. Number five would have to be candy cash. It's where you show a dollar bill and you magically, what makes, maybe looks like black art turns Mm -hmm. into a Mentos, an actual tube of Mentos. And a t- like a, a full-on tube of Mentos? Yeah, it's a half tube of Mentos, but it is still a full tube of Mentos. Completely 360 around, you can show that it's round and the dollar bill has completely vanished. That sounds awesome. Is this a uh, is this a trick that like comes like already put together or is there some arts and crafts involved in it once you get it? This is right out of the box. You can literally oh. do this trick in two seconds in front of the mirror. That's awesome. All right, let's move on. Give me number four. Number four would have to be Sharp This by I- me figured that this was going to come out. I, I know you use this all the time. This is a very, very cool gimmick. Can you, for those of you who are not familiar with Sharp This, uh, can you describe Sharp This to our listeners? Sure. Sharp This is a Sharpie marker, and it's much more than that. It is a line that you can draw on a person and instantly allow it to vanish. Now, not only vanish, but no trace of any mark ever. So it's completely garment safe. It is uh, wall safe. It is very safe. So you can do it anywhere. But also, you can use the same trick to do the classic bite coin and restore, but do it with a Sharpie tip. Imagine taking a Sharpie, smelling it, giving it to your spectator to take a whiff. They smell it, and then all of a sudden, boom, you bite it, you swallow it, and spit it right back on, showing your tongue completely black, leaving them in awe going, did he actually eat that? It's uh, it's a really nice offbeat version of the biting an object and then spitting it back on. I, uh, I like, I, you've had some interesting touches that were additions to it in your lecture that was really interesting, but let's, we have to move on because we're on a time limit here. Give me number three. Okay. So number three would have to be revise five. Revise five. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Solid is, trick. It is amazing. It's three packs of gum in one. So you can show mint, fruit, and spearmint. And it's a changing trick. But then I do a killer ending where I actually make the gum vanish and then appear sticks in my pocket that I can hand out to my spectator. So not only is it visual, but they get a souvenir. That's fantastic. Revise five is a is a really really gorgeous gimmick that I think more people should play with. I like I like the theme of gum magic that so many people are playing with these days because there's, I think there's a lot of interesting exploration going on in that world. But let's move on to number two. Okay, the next one is going to be Gum Tool. So Gum Tool by Magic Trick Mike, just like Revise five, the same mm-hmm. creator. He came out with a tool, how to make miracles with packs of gum. So this is beautiful. So I have made on my social media, I have made toilet paper appear. I had two packs of gum, smash them together. And now I had like a wad of toilet paper, which is very convenient and one pack of gum. And it's so visual. You can even turn 
two different flavors. You can have two mint flavors and turn one into a spearmint flavor. Yeah, it's it's a very very interesting gimmick. I, I really like the thought that went into it, and there's a lot, there's some pretty neat stuff going on with it. I think uh, I can't wait for that one to hit the market uh, when it's more people to use it because especially seeing the interesting stuff that you've done with it really got my mind going. Man, there's there's a lot going on there. It seems really simple, but there's it's just it's a really great utility device that's built into an everyday object. Absolutely love it. All right, let's hit uh, number one. Okay, it's going to be number one is going to have to be the Mirage deck. Now the Mirage oh, deck, yes. it's a classic. If you're a magician, if you've ever wanted a magic trick for Christmas, your family have probably bought you the Svengali deck. Well, the Mirage deck is just a little upgrade from the Svengali, allowing you to completely shuffle and spread the deck. So convincing that not only is it a real deck, but you can have one card selected by the spectator, make the entire 52 cards turn into their selection, and then back. Mirage deck is really great. I think that a lot of people overlook how good a Svengali deck is. And when you start to like play with little upgrades like it to like the Mirage deck, there's there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on. I, I feel anybody listening to this, you've probably got a Svengali deck in your in your desk or somewhere. You should get it out, turn it into a Mirage deck, do a little bit of research to do that, and then really start playing with it because I think you'll you'll fall back in love with a trick deck that you probably discounted a long time ago. A thousand percent. All right, that's that's going to do it for the top five under five. Thanks so much for joining us for that Magic Crasher. Thanks to the Magic Crasher for joining me for the top five under five. Links to all of the tricks we talked about are in the show description, as well as a link to the Crasher's lecture. Also, if you're interested in boosting your social media profile, the interview I did with Crasher back in season two, episode 26, is well worth a listen. Now, on to the main event. When magicians look up the word worker in the dictionary, it's just a picture of Derek Ostevani. His effect Random Odds was one of the most popular tricks of 2019, and his follow-up effect Treasury takes changing the ink on a dollar bill to a whole new level. Derek works restaurants, bars, theaters, and huge corporate events. Derek is back to work performing for real people in person. I hosted Derek's lecture, which was absolutely amazing and coming out in a few months, and I was floored to find out that he was flying back to Columbus to get back to a live show. So obviously, I wanted to know more. Just as a heads up, we had to do this interview via Zoom, and Derek's audio gets a little wobbly in the beginning due to some internet gremlins, but it sorts itself out pretty quick. All that aside, now you get to join our conversation. Derek Ostevani, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast. I, uh, I really enjoyed having you in the studio for a lecture because you're you're a worker. You're out there at the sharp end really doing this stuff. Yeah, no, Eric, thanks for having me, and it was, it was great. It was great being out there and uh, being able to contribute to the art of magic. And uh, yeah, I, I am a worker. You know, I, I do this full time. I actually used to be a structural engineer, and I decided, you know what? I've done it. No regrets. Yeah, magic's something I absolutely love, and I want to do it full time. And you know, it's worked out for me. I have no regrets. Well, I think one of the things that if if people haven't heard of you, which I would be kind of surprised because I know everybody loved Random Odds, and a lot of the people out there who are in the know with your gimmick Treasury, which allows you to make a a the the uh, the signature of the treasurer's uh, secretary of the treasury on a dollar bill transform into a card reveal is really cool. A lot of people who are into like transforming ink routines like really know this routine. Uh, but what for those of you people who don't know you, you do restaurants like multiple days a week, and then you're also doing like corporate work, private parties. Uh, you're out there doing the real work you're really working for real people and making a living out of this and one of the things i wanted to have you on was because you're back performing now in sort of the 
post-COVID, not-quite world. And I was just kind of wondering, like, what's it like out there right now? I mean, both from the restaurant standpoint, maybe let's start there because you, you do a lot of restaurant work. I mean, you do tons of corporate work, but you do a lot of restaurant work. What's it like being back in a restaurant performing close-up magic for people right now? Yeah, that's that's correct, Eric. Yeah, I, I love doing restaurants. You know, I, I don't think, uh, you know, for as long as I'm, I'm doing magic, I don't think there's anything wrong with doing restaurant magic. I don't look down upon it. Uh, it's a great way to keep your chops up, network, try new material, you know, earn more money, so mm-hmm. forth and so on. And uh, yeah, once, you know, the pandemic hit, you know, everything was shut down and some things, you know, over you know six months or so, so started to slowly open, and uh, just outdoors, at least in California. Yeah, because you're you're based in San Diego right now. San Diego, California. That's correct. Yep. And uh, you know, I think a lot of people realize that California is one of the more uh, strict states. Yeah. So well, there's know, a lot of, of my, pe- there's a lot of people in California. I used to live out there too. It's a very populous state, so it's going to be hit even harder by this type of uh, event. Yeah, yeah, for the uh, economy, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of my, my regular gigs, you know, when things opened up, I got the call from the owner and he asked me to come back and I was, I was shocked and flattered all at the same time. Um, and I agreed to it. You know, he said that I do have to wear a mask, which totally, uh, understood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, to be honest, I was a little nervous. I didn't know how people are going to react to that as I'm here, the stranger approaching them. I mean, that's, you know, on a regular basis, you're encroaching on on, on, on their time with their friends and family. Mm-hmm. Now during a time like COVID, uh, even more so. And uh, I must admit, people were very receptive. Um, you know, they. I think if people are out and about, they aren't too afraid. They're yeah. starving for entertainment, especially live entertainment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, people just really have, have taken to it. And so I haven't found a whole lot of differences. I, I, as I mentioned, I do wear my mask as I approach the tables. Mm-hmm. I don't ask them to take it off because I don't want them to feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. On occasion, people will uh, tell me that I can take it off, in which case I do. Mm-hmm. It makes it so much easier as an entertainer to, you know, have facial expressions and for them to hear you better as well. Yeah. Um, and then finally, uh, I will say there are certain effects that I can't do because of the mask, such as just you know using you the smoke gimmick, you know, that comes out of your mouth. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, I, I will say probably I not doing double still... cross these days, though, right? What, what about double cross? Probably not doing double cross these days, or at least changing the way you uh, erase the ink. Or are you even touching other people's hands at this point? You, you know, man. Again, right? So yeah. I remember the first time back, I was. I did all double cross all the time, which a lot of us do, and it just didn't fun my memory in mind that I had a mask on and I couldn't lick my finger. Mm. And so I had already marked the girl and everything. And uh, luckily I looked down and there was a, a glass with condensation. Um, okay. and I you know, I went ahead and I did that and you know, all was good. But I basically stopped doing it after that. So a couple of things. One, yeah, like you said, I was kinda of worried about touching them. I, mm-hmm. I at first I completely changed the way, you know, cards were selected. You know, I didn't have my, my coins looked at. I didn't mm-hmm. do coin under watch. Like my whole repertoire repertoire was completely different. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I you know, I stopped I stopped doing uh, double cross just because I didn't want to think, well, I'm going to do it at this table that might have a glass and this table doesn't. Yeah. So I said, you know, well, those we'll figure are, it out again once the uh, pandemic's over. Those are uh, those types of things that you have to like make that decision on where you're like, I'm a worker. I got to be able to do everything at every table 
like all of my stuff. Like it's good to be able to like get in and out of things, but you know, if you're going to be doing stuff on a regular basis, you want to know that it's going to work no matter what situation you're into, especially in a walk around situation. So I can easily see double cross coming out, but did you find yourself putting new material in that you would never considered before? <laughs> you know what? It's funny. You say that I, I uh, recently put in a, a piece where uh, I th- it's a marketed effect that you guys, you guys sell. It's called remaskable. Are you familiar with it? No, I'm not familiar with Remaskable. What happens in it? So it's a it's a mask and uh, kind of uh, in cryptic writing it says three of hearts on the side, um, and then you turn the mask over it announces five of clubs. Oh, okay. So it's sort of got a uh, uh, not like a cryptex, but almost a cryptex feel to it, where or the you're yeah. you're getting multiple reveals out of the same particular thing. Right. Not to be yeah. confused with Heim Goldenberg's cryptex where the numbers and, and, and words come together. Yeah, this yeah. is just a cryptic word that yeah. we turn upside down. There's a word for that, right? Is that an anagram? Uh, ambigram, I think is what it is. There it is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, that's interesting. So you ended up with, with picking up stuff that went that went in that you may not have ever done before, but because of the new situation that you're in, uh, that's, right. that's the way it goes. Are you still performing behind a bar? I know you got behind a bar periodically. Um, I am not. I'm not behind the bar right now, unfortunately. Um, you know, there's, uh, number one, I just, you know, there's not people, like, at the bar, mm-hmm. you know. Um, people are mainly on the outside. Uh, they have started to open it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, at the, behind the bar, they're, they're they're so sporadic now. Yeah. Um, so it just and, doesn't you know, make I sense. Just, and yeah. I know a lot yeah, of bars I, also I, have those, like, plexiglass dividers, so I imagine that, like, ends up creating like a difficult performing situation you might have glare where they can't see through or even just right. like they're just not it changes the the vibe right and i and i would prefer my magic rather not do something than do it and it be compromised sorry to interrupt but this week the show was brought to you by the gordian knot from josh birch nick lacapo join me in the studio to discuss this impossible rubber band trick Nick, every once in a while, one of the P3 team gets to put some of their magic out into the world, and this time we're talking about Gordian Knot by the Penguin Magic social media guy, Josh Birch. There's a lot of us that work here, huh? I know. Yeah. Josh is a great magician. Oh, he's wonderful. He's out there in Salt Lake City, and he's doing the real work for real people. He's yeah. got a number of like resorts and restaurants he's doing magic at all the time. Yeah, it's it's... It's funny because we just, you know, we see him through Zoom meetings and things like that. And then you forget that, yeah, he gets out in a suit and does close-up magic for all these big companies and stuff out there. And he crushes with rubber band stuff. Oh, yeah. He's, he's had a couple of rubber band things come out. And this is one where you tie a knot inside of a rubber band, but it's like inside the yeah, loop of the okay. rubber band. This is a This is a curious thing, right? This isn't like... Let's not call this like a like a full magic routine, right? Mm-hmm. This is like a like almost like a curiosity, something to get people. Re- it's almost like a puzzle, right? But it, it is an interesting one. So mm-hmm. what what you have is a rubber band, and you know you can you can set this up a couple of different ways. Like you could do a phase beforehand, like hey, if you're going to tie a rubber band a knot in a rubber band, how would you do it? And you could show, you know, you could let people like show you how they tie a rubber band a knot in a rubber band. But then you'll say, I'm going to tie a knot in this rubber band, but not the way that you think I'm going to do it. And what he's done is this is a way to tie a knot, not like it's, it's almost hard to explain here, Eric, over the podcast, but like <laughs> only on one band, right? Like yeah. the, it is still a circular rubber band, but now there is an overhand knot tied 
in the strand. Does that make sense? I yeah. have no idea. It's uh, it's pretty neat. And we'll be real up front here. There is some arts and crafts involved. Uh, you're not like buying a special gimmick. He teaches you how to make this in the download. Mm-hmm. But the method is super cool. Right. And you're going to use it for a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you end up with this like just really, really cool impossible object, right? And I know for a lot of people out there performing, these are the, these are the things that they really love. Yeah. You know, these things that you can hand out and, and, and show this, this impossible knot tied uh, in, into a rubber band that's still a circle. It's really cool. It's really different, right? The Gordian Knot by Joshua Birch. That was The Gordian Knot by Josh Birch, available at penguinmagic.com. As always, our listeners get 25% off this featured download of the week when they enter the discount code PENGUINPOD at checkout. That's PENGUINPOD, P-E-N-G-U-I-N-P-O-D, all one word, at checkout. And if you send me a review of that trick this week on Instagram, I'll read it on the air. This discount is only good on the Gordian Knot and only until the next episode of this show airs. Now, back to my conversation with Derek Ostavani. Right, and I and I would prefer my magic rather not do something than do it and it be compromised or not yeah. be as good. Yeah, you're, so you're 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 making sacrifices and making making the choice to not perform in this particular area because you would rather the full impact of it. So just going to a table is a much better option for you. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Are you back in uh, some of your corporate work is coming back too, right? Where you're performing for larger groups? So uh, I would say few and far in between. Most of my corporate work that has come back has been behind the camera. Oh, so yeah. Oh, the virtual stuff. My virtual shows. Absolutely, yeah. So um, when the pandemic first happened, I, like I think many, uh, you know, thought this would go away rather quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, two weeks later, uh, my, my shows are being canceled. I'm refunding deposits, and this is 100% how I make my money. So mm-hmm. I kind of, you know, freaked out. Uh, and and to be honest, I didn't think that magic was going to transcend as well via the camera, and I didn't think that people would be into it. But I I had to find out. It's like you know, people watch magic on TV, so you know, why not do the same thing, but even better because you can interact with them. And I put together a show, and before you knew it, before I knew it, it just snowballed. And I reached out to my old corporate companies, and you know, I'm finding new companies and word of mouth, and it's been great. And it's been a new platform and forced me to grow and forced me to learn new things about setting up a studio and you know, different methods and, and tricks that I wouldn't do in person. Yeah. That I think a lot of people are learning a lot of stuff. What what were some of the major changes that you have made to the magic for the virtual space? Because I imagine that you didn't just take your sort of stage show or parlor show and just put it on a camera because that just wouldn't work. What were the what were the big changes for you and in, in the learning curve of getting to virtual? Yeah, good question. Um, well, you know, I sat down and. I thought, number one, like if I'm going to do this, things have got to be very visual. So I made sure that everything was, was visual. Um, you know, everything kind of packed a punch. There wasn't, you know, that long delay before you got to the, uh, to the final uh, effect. Um, also, just, just realizing what, what I can do underneath the camera, underneath the view, you know, to the side, and just take advantage of that and, you know, make, make, a, make a very powerful show that you know is behind the camera and and maybe there's certain things don't get me wrong there's obviously lots you can do in person that are very powerful but you know i was able to learn how i could take advantage of this new uh, platform to make things equally as strong 
Is there anything that's coming out of your virtual show that you're putting back into your, like, like when your, you know, in-person shows come back, is there anything that you were, you created for virtual that you're going to take to the real world because it ended up being a very strong piece of magic? Yeah. So, um, you know, I hate to admit this, but, you know, as classic as the trick cups and balls is. Yeah. I never did it. Really? You do Jiggernaut, which is a, which is sort of a chop cup, one cup routine. It's really more of a one cup routine the way yours works. I mean, you, you detail it beautifully in the lecture with these appearing olives and then the final liquid load being being very, very engaging. You should definitely check out Derek's uh, lecture if you want to find out more. But I'm surprised you'd never done cups and balls before. Well, thank you. Yeah, you know, I just, you know, Top Cup, uh, you know, the Jiggernaut has been great. But with cups and balls, right, you know, being a, uh, a worker that, that predominantly I'm doing, you know, strolling or on stage, like I needed a, a you need a table, uh, you need lots of space, and you're going to have your pockets really filled up. Oh, yeah. You know, with all those final loads. And so I just found... Uh, it just wasn't very practical. Now, if you're at a you're at a table, you're seated, you're at the castle, you know, you're doing a, a you know maybe a, a one man show, absolutely. But just for walk around, it just wasn't practical, mm-hmm. and so I never really got into it. And one of the things I thought about was, hey, I mean, this would be great to do cups and balls. You know, I'd yeah. be, you know, it's a great platform for it. And I I had a table that I had built myself, but then I added a servant, and you know, it's it's been great. Oh man! Uh, so where did you go to study the cups and balls? Because that—that's it, it's interesting setting that up. Are you doing the like the Di Vernon like professor's sort of standard routine, or did you like decide to build your own t- routine from the ground up? Yeah, good question. I definitely started with uh, Vernon's. Um, I also researched some of uh, Michael Lamar has a great two volume DVD on it, um, and I kind of put those together. And I created created my own my own routine. Uh, you know, at first it kind of like you know had every move in it. You know, yeah. and it slowly dwindled down uh, to the nuts and bolts, uh, so they can you know get the the purest of the effect. Where does cups and balls live in your virtual show? Is it in the middle or is it a closer? I'm I'm cur- I'm just curious because it's usually people I've either like worked on cups and balls for years, but they never really show it in like a routine. But it's, it's interesting to meet someone who is like coming to cups and balls kind of late in their magical life, so to speak. Yeah, no good question. No, it, um, it either, it either is my closer mm-hmm. or right before my closer. Oh, okay. Excellent. Excellent. And then are you using yeah. like fruits and vegetables as a final load or are you, you go in a different route there? Um, I am doing the fruits and vegetables. You know, one of the things that Vernon talks about is, you know, if you go from a small red ball to a big red ball, you know, it's it's a surprise. But when it goes from a small red ball to a a bigger, complete different object, it's a it's a more it's more of a surprise to the spectator. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm doing the, doing the different fruits. Uh. But I I got some I got some ideas that uh, I want to implement, and I think it would be uh, a nice addition to Cups and Balls that I really haven't seen before. I, I like the idea that the pandemic finally got you to sit down and work on Cups and Balls and that you're going <laughs> to you're gonna keep the routine around and maybe keep working on it. Oh, I mean, it's beautiful, man. It's, you know, it's, it's just got, it's got all the elements of magic, you know, and penetrations, vanishes, appearances, it's got it all. Yeah. Oh man, it's it's I've 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 had fun with cups and balls for years, and I'm always excited when I 
get invited to work a venue where I can do my cups and balls because it's it's just right. such a it's such a fun routine to do. Right, right, but you'll agree, right? You, yeah. you can't. You have to. And it's got to be the right occasion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, so I work the Mystique Dining Lounge in Utah and Folsom, California, and I, I really only do it there unless I'm invited to a place that has a magic bar where I can like stand behind a bar and do it. Because my yeah. cups and balls routine sort of came from working at Magicopolis in Santa Monica, where I was behind a bar every weekend, and I had that like nice big space and that captive audience, but I also was able to like dip down behind the bar for my final loads. It's uh, it's just it only lives in a certain space, but it's so much fun to do. If you ever get a chance to do cups and balls for real people, it really, really plays big. Yeah, no, it's great. And speaking of the uh, uh, mystique, you know what I just found out, Eric, is that they're going to open one here in San Diego. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, so maybe you'll come out and we can hang out again. Oh, I, I, of course, I am one hundred percent going to do my best to get booked at, a, at uh, in San Diego so you and I can hang out because you are you are so much fun to to hang out with and. Everyone listening to this should definitely check out Derek's lecture because there is some monster work in there that is great. Uh, likewise, buddy. Thank you. All right. Well, Derek, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast. And everyone go be sure to check out Derek's lecture. And, uh, and thanks so much for joining us again, Derek. Thanks for having me, Eric. See you next time. That's going to do it for this week, kids. Thanks so much to Derek for being on the show. And thanks to you for listening. Derek's lecture will be coming out later this year, and it has some insane magic in it that you're going to love. Next week on the show, I talk to one of the featured acts at the Chicago Magic Lounge and an all-around amazing guy, Justin Purcell. As always, we're a weekly podcast, so be sure to like and subscribe as well as share your favorite episodes on the social media platform you are speculating about aliens on. If you wanted to reach out to me about anything on this week's show, you'll have to partner up with a skeptical medical professional turned FBI agent who you inexplicably fall in love with in the later seasons to try and keep a show interesting and alive so that people can know that the truth is out there, man. But if 90s sci-fi dramas trending on Hulu because of recent UFO stories aren't your thing, you can always hit me up on Instagram at Eric Tate. That's at E-R-I-K-T-A-I-T. From me and everyone else here at the P3 Magic Studios, practice, practice, get vaccinated! Get vaccinated!